The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything that you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, available dual wireless charging pads, ensure that you can take on any adventure. Available H-Track all-wheel drive so you can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud. Standard third-row seating so your whole family can experience the thrill together. Available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors with a dead phone. I've been so pumped to take a couple of friends with our road bikes to some of the trails nearby, and now I can bring the entire crew, my dog, and all of our gear with that third row. Learn more about the new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You're tuned in to Heat Check with Trista Crick. On this episode of the Heat Check. Yes, it's time for us to do a little deep digging. On the Dallas Mavericks. I am back from the Phil Knight Invitational and the Phil Knight Legacy Tournament, which there is a lot of good stuff that we'll talk about sometime soon in the future. But for now, my eyes are squarely on Dallas. Something's wrong. No one seems to be talking about this. I think that they will. There's a lot of tea brewing around the Mavericks organization. Is there a secret cabal that Jason Kidd is running? I don't know, but we're going to find out. And we'll also hit some of the stories popping from around the league as well. First day back, so if I say something dumb, just give me a little grace. All right, Nick, let's drop that beat. Have you ever had someone do something that caused you to rethink everything that you thought about them and everything that you thought you knew about them? Like, there are decisions, I think, that you can make. And I was talking about this with a friend the other night. Like, there's decisions I think you can make that are so egregious and make so little rational sense that it shakes other people's belief in your decision-making capabilities. Like, I see things, and I'm like, you did that? Oh, well, I mean, that makes so little sense that very clearly a wire is loose or there is some sort of flaw in your pattern of thinking that now, moving forward, I have to put inside of my brain and how I think about what you're doing and saying. Nico Harrison and the Mavericks just signed Kemba Walker as their, I don't even know, like as a point guard? I am shooketh, honestly. And I have questions. I like Nico Harrison a lot. I've met him a few times. Been around athletes for 20 years with Nike. We've talked about that. We've talked about that a lot. But there are now questions that must be answered. 
this doesn't make any fucking sense. There is I've, has, has anybody seen Kemba Walker anytime? Kemba Walker, last time I saw him, he was infuriating Tom Thibodeau with his, I think he had the worst defensive rating in the entire NBA. This just defies logic, this move. It's caused me to now turn the laser beam on. You know what I mean? Like someone's been flying under the radar, flying under the radar, and then something happens and you're like, all hands on deck. Every We need to bring all the books out in and we need to start l- l- pouring over every page because I don't trust you anymore. It's like turning a spotlight on a room that has had bad lighting and then you're like, oh my God, like this place looks like shit. Oh my God, there's dirt everywhere. Is that a cockroach? But for whatever reason, nobody's talking about it. Nobody's talking about what's going on with the Mavericks. Nobody, except for like Reddit Mavericks, like that's a whole other thing, right? But no national media is discussing this. So I think we need to do a deep dive into the Mavericks. A team that I've been keeping my eye on. And last season, as you guys know, they made it all the way to the Western Conference Finals. Surprised everyone, pretty much. A lot of steam heading into this offseason. But then a lot of, just to kind of play catch-up for people who might not be paying attention all the way, like, then a couple interesting things happened. First, Jalen Brunson did not come back. He signed with the Knicks. Even though Mark Cuban told the world that the Mavs could pay Jalen Brunson more than anyone. And that Jalen Brunson wanted to come back. Which turned out to be false. Jalen Brunson did not want to come back, and they could not pay Jalen Brunson more than anyone because they didn't. And that turns out to be probably a bigger loss than anyone could ever have anticipated. It may have sunk this team to levels that we are just yet starting to see. Brunson was awesome. We know that when Luka was out with the ankle injury, he gave him a secondary scoring option. He could drive in the lane. He could kick. He was a really good decision maker. He could play good defense. And then when he bolted to the Knicks after basically begging the Mavericks to pay him properly, underpay me, please. Underpay me. Just give me $14 million a year. That's all I ask. Do it now, please. And they were like, nope. So after that move, I thought, I don't know, maybe they'd get Colin Sexton. Maybe they get Tyus Jones, another primary scorer like Malik Monk who can fill it up from three, who can drive, he can kick. He's like a little microwave. I don't know. Or maybe they would just get somebody steady, veteran role player like Mike Conley. But when they didn't do a goddamn thing, I was like, oh, no. Spencer Dinwiddie. That's, this can't be the plan, can it? Spencer Dinwiddie can't be the plan. He is not that, you're not that guy, pal. Like, you're not. So then they did another thing. They went out, surprised everyone else, by adding another concern. Center forward. Grab Christian Wood from the Rockets, right underneath the Rockets' nose. Savvy move. I was like, okay, that's a nice upgrade. We'll see what they do. We'll see, all right, they'll make this move. They'll find another guard. They'll fix some things. They were supposed to get Dragic, friend of Luka's from the Slovenian team. Then he came out, was like, came out that he was going to be a mascot. He was not going to play any minutes. He was just going to be Luca's friend on the team. And, and Dragic was like, no, I'm not, I'm not just somebody's fucking cheerleader. Are you serious? So he bolts. He goes to Chicago. He's getting 20 minutes a night, by the way, Chicago. 18 minutes per game or something like that. And so then, then they did get a guard, like right when the season started. Facundo 
Campazzo <laughs> from Denver. No shade to Campazzo. He gave the Blazers some good some good minutes when he was with Denver. Like, he put some buckets up on our head. He played 20 minutes for the Nuggets. But, like, come on. He was a former teammate of Luca's as well. This is like a friend of Luca's show. And great glue guy. So, I don't know. Maybe it was like uh, we appeased Luca for not signing Dragic. Okay, well, that's something. They didn't do it. They didn't do a lot of things, but at least you did something. And then Nico Harrison came out and said he was very happy with the way that the roster was constructed. And I said to myself, that's something that's alarming. Uh, either that's a lie or that's alarming. And then Christian Wood comes out and puts up 25, 25, and 23 in the first three games. And I'm like, oh, okay, Nico Harrison. Okay. I see what you're doing. You're going to acclimate Christian Wood into the team, play him off the bench, acclimate him into a scoring starting player role. Okay, so the secondary score is not going to be a guard. Secondary score is going to be a big man. All right, got it. Luka can throw lobs to him. He can create on his own. He can shoot threes. Great, great, great. And that lasted about two weeks. Two weeks before the chatter got kind of loud within Mavs world. There was a starting center who is, I think, one of the worst in the league, JaVale McGee. He's not played well. And if I didn't have friends who I know train JaVale McGee, you're probably listening to this podcast, I would say something mean, but I'm not going to. I will not say JaVale McGee is playing like booty cheeks. I will not say it. And when Dwight Powell then gets the start over JaVale McGee, when McGee proved that he was doesn't have his legs yet or he's not conditioned yet or whatever Nico Harrison says is going on, they wondered what was going on. Hey, when are we going to see Christian Wood start? We got Dwight Powell, we got JaVale McGee, we got all these bums. And crickets from Jason Kidd. Then the losses continue to mount up. Triple-doubles now become the norm for Luka in L's, big L's. And then, all right, what do we do? Then you see some drama. Christian Wood comes in in the third quarter. They lose that game. Luka's like, I like that starting that starting group coming in the third quarter. I like Christian Wood. Jason Kidd says that's when we lost the game. Christian Wood's the reason we lost the game. That that was like, it's because of his defense. The lineups that he in, or, or the lineups... And the times that he is in are pivotal moments when the Mavs fall apart. So that I started playing a little Unsolved Mysteries. What's going on here? Deep dive style. What is, what is happening? And I went down a rabbit hole. I ended up with four major questions that I think are in desperate need of answers. First, is there a secret society inside of Dallas? I'm dead serious. Run by Jason Kidd. Is there a cabal? shall I say, a cabal ran by Jason Kidd that is secretly blackballing Christian Wood because I cannot figure out for the life of me why he's being treated this way in Dallas. A radio station just the other day after the Mavericks barely beat the Warriors, which is just a shame, like they should be smashing the Warriors right now, but it came down to the final second. So they asked him after that win, asked Nico Harrison, what is it going to take for for Christian Wood to start games and or close out games his response was 
you know, starting games doesn't really matter. Being a starter doesn't matter at all. It's really just all a matter of how many minutes you play. And then in terms of, like, closing out games, it all really just has to do with who's playing well that particular night. So maybe just Christian's not playing well that particular night, and so he's not closing. Oh, my God, is that not bullshit? Okay. All right. Okay, Nico. To stay with you, let's just bring Luke off the bench. How about that? What do you think about that? If it doesn't matter. If it doesn't matter how many times people are starting, or let's just bring Luke off the bench. We'll give him 35 minutes. And I started thinking about this about a month ago when my Twitter timeline had a sort of chatter about this cabal, a shadowy organization led by Jason Kidd that has decided to deep-six Christian Wood for what reason, I don't know. But for an example, Jason Kidd decided to take a shot at Christian Wood after blowing a 16-point lead to the Thunder... And he said that the only reason that they lost, only reason, is that Christian Wood couldn't play defense. Kid went out of his way to say, I left Christian Wood in the game, and you see, see, this is what happens when I leave him in the game. That's why he can't be in the game in pivotal moments. He singled him out directly for the poor play that the team had when he was on the floor. And that's why he's on a milk carton. And there was another game earlier this year. I think I even talked about it. Christian Wood scored 16 consecutive points to end the third quarter and to start the fourth quarter against the Suns. Gets benched, never returns to the game in a game where the Mavs blew a 22-point lead to the Suns and lost. I think that might have been game one. He didn't play the final six minutes, and the lead was just evaporating. So it's not like he had Jason Kidd's trust and then lost it. I think that was game one of the NBA season. Things have started to get kind of weird a month ago, and they haven't changed since. And then they asked in the postgame presser what it was like watching them piss away a lead from the bench. Christian Wood says this, I'm just happy to be a part of this team. Yeah, it's just a trust thing. I have to build trust with this team. I'm on a new team. Once I do that, I think we'll be good. I don't think they're going to be good. I don't. And, like, maybe Christian was not the best defender. That's true. He's not. He's had defensive liability, reputation stuff for his entire career. But, like, have you seen these guys that are supposed to be putting up buckets next to Luka? Have you seen them? Like Dwight Powell? Who? Who? Who's going to do that? Reggie Bullock? Who? This shit is weird. It is super weird. Like, do, 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 like that kind of weird. And basically what Jason Kidd has said out loud is like, I don't trust Christian Wood enough on defense to close out games. I don't trust him enough to start games. And you know what? People on Twitter, fans, are getting tired of this shit. When the Mavs have Luka, Wood, and Green on the floor, they have the best net rating in the NBA. Yes. With those playing together and then 97.6 rating defensively with those three. That is... Absurd. Let me get you the full stat in terms of offense ratings and defense ratings when they're three on the floor. They have a 127.1 offensive rating when it's Luka, Christian Wood, and Josh Green. 97.6 defensive rating and a 29.5 net rating when they're on the floor. That is the best offensive and defensive and net rating with any of their 79 three-man combos that have played 20 minutes or more. What is happening? 
in Dallas. Insert those. What is happening in Dallas? Leads me into my second question. Who's actually running this team? Who is running the Mavs? Is it Nico Harrison? Because if it's Nico Harrison and he's getting Kemba Walker, he can't be there. Like, you're, you should sell shoes, you know? And I don't think it's him anymore. I think it might be Mark Cuban. Last year, there was a bunch of think pieces that came out about the dumpster fire in Dallas. You had uh, Donnie Nelson Jr. getting fired, and then an, an, another analytics executive, Haralbos Vulgaris, he got forced out. They comp- and then Vulgaris compared the franchise's dysfunction to a high school drama. Jason Kidd's first year, as we know, he likes water parks, so kind of like a water park or a roller coaster, uh, a lot of dysfunction was buried because winning cures everything, right? And the Mavs get hot. But that was last year, and it's clear that maybe Nico doesn't have as much control over things as we thought, right? Things went well last year. And if Cuban still doesn't trust you, and he's got his fingers in the pie, that's a problem. Cuban even admitted this. He said, I micromanage you until I trust you. I don't want Mark Cuban micromanaging Dick. Not a thing. He's terrible. If he's still calling the shots, how much power does Nico Harrison really have? How much agency over the roster does Jason Kidd even have? He clearly has power over who plays and who doesn't, but does he have say over personnel decisions? Is the reason that he's blackballing Christian Wood because he never really wanted him there in the first place and got forced Christian Wood on him? Third question. Probably the thing that most people refuse to talk about the most. This roster is dog shit. They are horrible. This is a horrible roster. Barring a trade, I don't think it just gets better. It is basically Luka and a bunch of role players. That's what they said last year, but they had Jalen Brunson. Jalen Brunson can put up 30 any single night. He's putting up 30 for the Knicks. They, if you didn't think Luka had help last year with Jalen Brunson, what do you think he has now? There is no second option. I'm sorry, Spencer. You're, you're not that. You're not Jalen Brunson. You're a guy that can give you 30 on one night and then like two for the next four games combined and then like you sit out with a sore thumb for the next six games. Like that's you. You are unreliable as a scoring option, that this team misses Brunson. But even Brunson liked the tweet stating how important he was as a second option last year in Dallas where they were like, oh, yeah, remember when you guys said Jalen Brunson, that Luke didn't have any help, and it just showed Jalen Brunson's stats. Yeah, Jalen Brunson balling now, and Jalen Brunson liked that tweet. Yeah. I mean, remember, Nico and Cuban thought that Campazzo was a reliable replacement to Jalen Brunson. And then when that didn't work, they – and immediately, he never got any playing time. I think he played like four minutes a game. Like, so that was never going to be a thing. Now he's got Kemba Walker. Do we actually think Kemba Walker is going to get any minutes? If you don't like Christian Wood's defense, let me introduce you to Kemba Walker, the washed Kemba Walker. It's just, it's just bad. It's just bad. The team is currently 29th in assists per game, 21.2 per game. And assist percentage. They are a terrible three-point shooting team. They rank 19th in the league, 
shooting 34.4%. Luke is a part of that too, by the way. He's only shooting 31% from three right now. Combined with the fact that they don't shoot free throws well, also Luke is a big part of that as well, 26th in the league, shooting 72.7%. Like, this team can't buy a fucking bucket. None. They need somebody to help them, I don't know, make a good decision. Shoot. Find someone who's open. We talked about Christian Wood, but when you break down how their center play has been without Christian Wood, JaVale McGee started the first couple of weeks of the season. He was so bad. In 51 minutes, he played with Luka. He was allowing 50 points in the paint per 36. That was the worst in the NBA. Then he gets benched for Dwight Powell, who started for center at center ever since. The Mavs are 5-8 and eight when Powell starts. He's averaging 5-3 and three in 17 minutes. He's probably one of the worst starting players in the NBA right now. No shade to Dwight Powell. Nice guy. He's a glue guy. He's a hustler, great locker room person. But, like, in an eight-game stretch where the Mavs went three and five, he was in net negative 12. Christian Wood, plus 12. This is so bad. This roster stinks. McGee and Powell have been terrible. This team is 30th right now in rebounds per game with 38. Milwaukee is number one with 49 per game. They're also 29th in blocks meaning they have no rim protection. The center center and point guard, I don't know, that's pretty important to have, right? Like, I don't know, just maybe that's just me. Their only consistent play out of the position has been from Christian Wood. He doesn't even play more than 25 minutes a game. Keep in mind, Dallas is plus 8.7 points per 100 possession when Luka plays with Christian Wood and negative .2 when Luka plays without Christian Wood. Are these stats available to Jason Kidd? Like, does he know these things? Is it just me? Did I just only get access to this? Someone tell him. The Mavs, like I said, with Luca, Christian Wood, and Josh Green, have the highest net rating of all their three-man combos. The secret cabal is real, folks. But you have a roster full of role players and glue guys. Let's talk about him. JaVale McGee, Tim Hardaway, Reggie Bullock, Compazzo at one point, Maxi Kleba, Davis Bertans, Frank Nilakina. Like some of these guys wouldn't even sniff a roster on good teams. Like, do you think Maxi Kleba is getting time for anyone? He's a good player. He has some good moments. He'd probably probably play on the Lakers. All good role players, all good guys, all very limited. Like a lot of spot-up shooting, no one can put the the ball on the ground at all. This is probably the least talented roster of any potential playoff team in the NBA. Like where is that secondary score when Luka's having an off night? Where is the big man like Draymond Green who can read and react, making the right play, forcing defenders into making a decision so that they can drive and kick? They do not exist. They do not exist. When you have Luka and glue guys, loss. That is horrible. He could put up 50 every night and it wouldn't even matter. Fourth and finally, pretty much the final point that I will make is that this team obviously can't survive with just Luka. Luka has one of the highest usage rates in the NBA. His usage rate is 37.9, which is in the 99th percentile. Playing, like, the most amount of minutes of anyone in the NBA right now, we're talking about, like, Steve Nash running KD into the ground type of minutes. 
play more than 38 minutes per game. Like I said, leads the NBA. Not a recipe for success with the guy who's like kind of always been out of shape, kind of always had some soft tissue ish- injury issues, right? Has hurt his ankle, didn't even play the first two games of the playoffs. Like, what is – you can't do this. This is not – can you feel what I'm feeling here? This is something is wrong. You guys are failing Luka. How is this happening? You can't have this kind of imbalance, putting this much pressure on one guy's shoulders and expect this team to win games and expect him to stay healthy if you even get into the playoffs. All of these questions – and no answers, honestly. I don't know him. I don't know him. And you know who won't give me him? Nico Harrison. He did a 15-minute interview. They were asked real questions. He was asked them, hey, what's it going to take for Christian Wood to start? What's going to take for Christian Wood to close? Hey, do you think Jason Kidd's playing mind games? And, like, he didn't say a damn thing in that 15 minutes. The only thing I got from him is, yeah, shit got fixed last year, so I'm excited it's going to get fixed this year. What? That was his greatest piece of excitement of this year. They asked him, what are you most excited about, about this team? And he said, well, we were in this exact same spot last year, 10 and 9. And we turned it around. So I'm excited that we're going to turn it around this year. You're, the thing you're most excited about hasn't even happened yet? We don't even know if it will happen? You're not even talking about Luka putting up a triple-double? That's not what you're excited about? This is coming from a guy who signed Kemba Walker. You don't have any slack left in your rope. We need accountability. Forgive me if I'm skeptical of a guy who thought Compasso was the answer, who said he was happy with the roster when he got rid of Jalen Brunson and brought in no one. Bringing in Compasso and Kemba to replace Jalen Brunson is like replacing like a dope-ass triumph motorcycle with a lime scooter you found on the side of a fucking sidewalk and you don't even know if it's got a battery in it or if it's just been left there and then when that didn't work you just went and got like an e-bike that you can rent per minute like Kemba's the kind of thing you rent per minute because you don't know how long it's gonna really give you Nico's interview generated the following nuggets. I'm really excited. We didn't start well out. We didn't start out well last year either, and we found a way to th- turn things around. I'm still waiting for Javale to be Javale. I'm excited. I didn't think Wood would be as much of a scorer as he is. Well, he was asked, "Are you aware of the frustration from fans about where Christian Wood is at the end of the game?" His response: "Who ends the game is just who's playing best." When asked, why isn't Christian Wood starting games? Doesn't matter who starts games. And on Kemba, Kemba can make shots at a high level. That's the reason we're bringing him in. Campazzo is great, but he is not the shot maker that Kemba is. This is a bad interview. As for the Mavs, can this roster be fixed? I don't know. 500 basketball. If that happens, will Jason Kidd be fired? Is he on a short leash? Is Mark Cuban already feeling the same things we're feeling? Will Cuban ever trust anyone to run this organization? Who's next on the secret cabal's list of players blackballed from Jason Kidd's list? So many questions. And I'm sorry, Mavericks fans. I don't think you're going to get any solutions anytime soon.
You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Let's go around the league. There's a lot popping. Uh, speaking of Luca, Raptors forward Juancho Hernan Gomez, a.k.a. Bo Cruz, got his first start in a long time the other night. And afterwards, he talked about his days back in Spain playing ball with Luca. actually. Juancho and his brother Willie became friends when Luca went to Spain to play as a 14-year-old. Apparently, they bonded over video games, like most young boys do, and hoops like most young boys do. Luca even got addicted, apparently, to their mother's home cooking. They asked him, Hey, Bo Cruz, did you ever see Luca being this good? And he said, As soon as we knew him, he did things different than, uh, than other kids. I didn't know he was going to be top one, top three in the world with guys like KD, LeBron, Giannis. We didn't know he was going to be that good. We thought he could be an all-star. But he did get way better, and I'm happy for him. He worked hard. He deserves it. He's a good kid. So it was clear Luca was special from the beginning. But even though, like, I even said this the other day, I think I was wrong with Luca. I think somebody put on Twitter, what NBA player were you most wrong about? I think it was probably Luca. I didn't think he was going to be this. Also, we'll talk about this on another day, but why isn't Luca getting the same criticism that James Harden got? A lot of the same attributes, a lot of the same players around, a bunch of bums. Hardened, selfish asshole, Luca needs more help. That'll get discussed in another day. But not even people who were around before Luca was Luca thought he would be Luca. Uh, there's an issue, though, that I've been wanting to complain about from some, some time. It is, it's, it's like baseball scheduling. I don't like it. NBA back-to-back baseball schedules. You know, like teams play twice or even three times in a four-day period. Something about that just grinds my gears. It makes me feel like I, I live in the Groundhog Day. It makes me feel like I don't know whether today already happened or not. Props, though, to, to Popovich because Greg Popovich said in his postgame presser last week what I find annoying about this. According to Spurs beat reporter Tom Orsborne, Pop said he dislikes immensely consecutive games versus the same team because it, quote, thrusts you into a playoff atmosphere when you are really not geared up for that. Yeah, it's like a playoff game, even though it isn't. It's like a playoff atmosphere, even though guys aren't really scheming the same way as they would in the playoffs, and except for 
We get load management with star players sitting out because it's a back-to-back. It's just just very dumb. It's, a, it's annoying. I know that it cuts down the travel, but when you have to sit guys because it's a back-to-back, then it really just accomplishes the same thing. But, like, they can't guarantee also Embiid or Steph are going to play on the back end. So nobody really wants to see the Mavericks and the Hornets play twice in two days. We don't. We don't want to see that. We don't want to see that once in one day. So let's go back to the regular old schedule, even if it means, like, the Celtics have a home game on a Monday and play on Sacramento on a Wednesday. We need to get back to that. This MLB scheduling is awful. What the fuck, by the way, is going on with Gordon Hayward in Charlotte? Does anyone know? Because shit has hit the fan. In part, did you see this? Did anybody see this? Gordon Hayward's wife decided she was going to go on social media and blow up the team. Yeah, yeah. She decided to spill the tea on social media, which is why I love her. So, turns out Hayward has a left shoulder fracture. Gordon Hayward getting hurt. It's like death, taxes, Gordon Hayward being injured. And according to Shams, is out indefinitely. There is no timetable for his return. Obviously, nobody's shocked about Gordon Hayward. He's been missing time, huge amounts of time, pretty much for the last four years. Pre-pandemic, Gordon Hayward wasn't even healthy. Post-pandemic, Gordon Hayward just has more kids, not healthy. Turns out that the Hornets reported that Hayward had a left shoulder contusion which is not obviously the same as a left shoulder fracture. A contusion, for folks who aren't doctors, is a bruise. Yeah, it's a bruise. No, no, Gordon, you should go back out there. It's just a bruise. It's fucking broken! So Robin took the IG and blew up the team. She said, hey, he actually has a fractured scapula, and they had him play last game. That's why he couldn't move his arm in the last game. I'm going to stop here and not get into prior things. Narrator, she did not stop. She followed this up with a cup of delightful tea. Just to clarify, since the team doesn't say, it's a fracture in the shoulder, which is a broken bone. I'm over them not protecting players. Just was talking with the young player's mom, and she was saying the same thing. Oh, brother. Uh, You know, there's teams that we all think are not world-class organizations, and then you get out into the, the inside. You know, maybe you meet someone on another team, and you're like, hey, this team feels like it's really bad. And then they're like, oh, it's even worse than you think. That's the Charlotte Hornets. Charlotte isn't just the worst franchise in the NBA. I think it, it might be the worst in all of sports. And that is saying a lot, because we had a slumlord running an NBA team, We had, oh, man, we've had some bad ones. And that's ran by Michael Jordan himself. And even though Gordon Hayward is one of the most injury-prone players in the league, like that does not excuse the Charlotte Hornets for lying and saying that his fracture was a bruise to try to inflate his trade prospects, even if he is seriously hurt. Like, they just wanted him to go out there so they could move him. We're going to have to do a deep dive on Charlotte. This is fucking ridiculous. Newsflash. Uh, they're not going to like what I have to say. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, 
quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Herb Jones. We've talked about Herb Jones on this show before. I love him. I love him. Every time I read about him, every time I watch him, I love her, love him even more. So a big article just dropped from Mark Spears on what used to be called, ooh, I forget. But it's now called Anscape. It's full of great nuggets about the Pelicans' defensive stopper. So this is the things that we, we learned. Number one, he's very cheap in the best possible way. So basically, Herb Jones isn't going to spend a penny of his money as long as he can help it. Like, he has a hoodie, a WNBA hoodie, and the only reason he has it and wears it is because it was free. It was at a team event that he got it. When he shows up to work, shows up into the tunnel, he shows up in team-issued gear. Why? Because it's free. I'm not going to spend my money on clothes. I'm going to wear my team-issued gear and my slides and my socks. He turned down a vacation, even when Larry Nance Jr. said that he was going to pay for it, why? Ah, because I don't want to go anywhere. I don't want to spend any money. His dad insisted he needed a vacation, so he got into his Charger that he's driven since college. He has not bought another car and drove four hours to Greensboro, Alabama for a short vacation. No money of any note was spent. He slept one night, one day, went fishing the next day, which, by the way, he caught zero fish. And then he drove back to New Orleans, returned to the Pelicans practice facility, then he got back to work. So they ask him, like, why, why don't you spend any money? And he's like, I'm thinking long-term for my kids. I have to wear Pelicans gear or whatever team gear for the team I have for the rest of my career, that my kids or my kids' kids can go to school for free based on what I earned in the NBA, then I'm good, I'm cool. It's like, oh, Herb, that's, that's awesome. Like, how many kids do you have? You must have, like, a lot of kids if you can't buy new socks. Like, you have to just just, just wear Pelican's team-issued socks. None. He has zero kids. None. He's, he's being cheap for kids he does not even have yet. I don't know what kind of schools he's about to send these kids to or how many kids he's planning on having, but I tell you what, you can buy some new underwear, Herb Jones. Like, you can. You can buy some jeans, Herb Jones. Like, you can. This guy is going to make probably $15 million a year. He's in the second year of a three-year contract, making $1.7 million per year because he was a second-round pick. I bet you he's still driving this Dodge Charger when his career is over. That's what I guess. Herb Jones, over-under on how many years he has that 2018 Dodge Charger. I'm going to say the total. I'm setting the line at six and a half years.
So by 2028, let's hope. All right, Pat Beverly. Oh, my God. Why? Why is he this? By the way, he's got the worst. Uh, I think he's got the the worst rating on the court of any NBA player right now. While I was out in Portland at the Phil Knight Invitational, Pat Beverly got suspended for shoving DeAndre Ayton. Just a classic Pat Beverly cheap shot. So they asked him about it. <clears throat> he was asked whether he would do it again. And he said, fuck that. Fuck him. We're not going for that shit. Ask people that's played with me. Ask superstars that's played with me. That's the reason why guys want me on their team. Very unfortunate situation. If I could play it back again, I would do the same thing. So what got him so mad? That's the question. Why? Why was he so mad at DeAndre Ayton? It kicked off when we did the tip-off. I shake everybody's hand. I put my hand on DeAndre Ayton's hand, and he doesn't shake my hand. So something was brewing there from the beginning. Yeah, I don't know, Pat Bev, because the last time you guys played in the playoffs, you shoved Chris Paul, made him fall to the ground. Yes, I think the players of that team probably don't like you very much. No one as salty as Pat Bev, especially now that he's on a losing team. Finally, good news out of Boston. As Al Horford has signed a two-year, $20 million extension. Remember when he was in OKC just, like, not playing at all? Like, they just let him go into the hot tub and the cold tub and get acupuncture. (laughs) That was it. Like, we didn't even know if Al Horford was going to play again. He was coming off of playing for the Sixers, and it was just not working, and everyone thought that he was washed. That's crazy. Not because it's, like, cheap, because Brad Stevens is pretty cheap, one-third of the price of his former contract, but Brad Stevens said, yeah, he's a high-level player who enhances everyone around him on both ends of the court. His work ethic, commitment to his body, to his craft, his unselfishness, has set a daily example on how to win big in the NBA. His leadership has had a big impact on the coaches and players with whom he's competed here in Boston, and we are excited that he and his family are choosing to remain Celtics for years to come. So, yeah, I mean, the interesting part of this deal is that it just fixes a massive historical mistake. The last time that... Al Horford was a free agent. He left. He bolted. And his career ground down to dust. He was no one. He was was almost out the league. And now he's like, fuck that. I'm not hitting free agency this time. Let's just settle this now. And he says he regretted leaving last time. He was open about it. And this time he said, Boston has come to be a home to me, my family, my teammates. I continue to strive towards winning banner number 18. Great combo. He was always a Celtic. He should have stayed there. Everyone thinks of him as that. So Al Horford the Hawk, Al Horford the Sixer, Al Horford the Thunder, those were not real moments, only Al Horford in green and white. I'm happy he's locked down for what should be probably the rest of his career. If it's not already the rest of his career, by the time he finishes that contract, it will be. Uh, That's all the time that we have for the Heat Check. We'll be back Monday. Check out the feed for past episodes as we get you ready for the 2022-2023 season that's already underway. It's not really getting you ready, is it? Don't forget to download, subscribe, please tell your friends, and follow us on social at at this heat check and at Trista Crick on TikTok. Check out our new NBA show, Beyond the Arc, part of the CBS Sports Podcast Network, where you can find me, John Gonzalez, NBA insider Bill Ryder, and Ashley Nicole Moss, 
five days a week talking all things NBA. Whether you're looking for insightful discussions, upbeat commentary, breaking news, interviews, or coverage of all the biggest stories in the NBA, our new show is the place to be five days a week. Download and follow Beyond the Arc on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you get your favorite podcasts.